good fortune that he is wealthy, said Ursula. I do not marry him for that. I marry him because he can save Salwarp, and also, yes, I will agree that there is something about him which pleases me, an air of authority, a fine figure. It is a good thing you look older than you are. At eighteen, you could pass for a woman in her early twenties. It will make the contrast between you less obvious. Why, my lord is a handsome man, and I am half in love with him already. What is more, I have no idea when he was born, and I beg of you not to tell me. I shall say to myself that he is in the prime of life, and if that satisfies me, then who shall dare to remind me that he is forty-one or two or three? Forty-one, I believe, but no one thinks he looks his age. Someone was at the door. Aylmer had sent a distant kinswoman, who had been acting as chatelaine for him since his wife died, to escort his guests down the stairs and into the great hall. There, in the late summer sunshine, were signed such papers as confirmed the betrothal of the Lady Ursula de Thrave of Salwarp to Baron Aylmer de Rave, the titles of whose estates took up no less than three lines of parchment on the deed. Aylmer took the quill from the hand of the clerk and signed his name with deliberation. Then he handed the quill to Ursula, indicating where she should also sign, or... A cross will do, he said in a low voice. Few women knew how to read or write. Ursula took the quill with a smile. She understood that he had meant to spare her embarrassment, and she appreciated his kindliness. She felt a wave of gratitude to Providence for giving her to this man. How very much worse things might have been. She signed her name and underlined it with a flourish. He should see that though she was bringing him a dowry encumbered by problems, yet she did have some gifts for him. His hand-clasp was warm as they stood together before the priest to exchange vows. This ceremony was almost as binding as marriage, even though she could not yet call herself his wife. Aylmer stood with his feet apart and his head thrown back. He always stood like that. He was a big-boned man and well-made, with a fine head of corn-yellow hair and a well-trimmed beard to match. His hair was slightly darker in colour than Ursula's, but there were only a few white hairs over his ears and some fine lines about his eyes to show that he was old enough to be her father. There was nothing of the paternal in his attitude to her, though. His eyes were warm as he bent to kiss first her hand and then her lips at the conclusion of the ceremony. For the first time, Ursula felt ashamed of the bargain she was making. She was honest enough to want to give good value for what she was about to receive— She had thought he was marrying her because he needed an heir, and also because she was young, comely, and of good family. His fingers twisted in hers, and she looked up to see him smiling down at her with an expression of amused understanding. Did he really understand? He was no fool. He must have realised that she was selling herself to save her family. If there was much that was untamed in Ursula, there was also much generosity— She lifted his hands to her lips and bowed her head. My lord, I am not worthy. A murmur of approval rose from the company around them. How touching, how charming, the suppliant girl and the man who would no doubt grant his bride anything she asked. She had not meant to shed tears. She brushed them away to see her aunt smiling and nodding to her. Her aunt would think she had cried on purpose for effect, and yet it had not been so. Let them think what they might. She, 
Ursula de Thrave of Salwarp would repay her husband by being a loving and loyal wife. She put her hand on his arm and leaned against him. His people were coming up to them one by one to be introduced to her. Grave faces passed before her, bowing over her hand, unsmiling. Four knights, tenants of Aylmer's, owing him fealty. They had been summoned to his betrothal to hear from Ursula's own lips of the danger in which her people lay. Without their support, Aylmer could not mount the sort of force needed to dislodge Hugo from the township under the walls of Salwarp and raise the siege. They looked on Ursula, and while acknowledging her grace and beauty, they clearly reserved judgment as to the wisdom of fighting for her. These are not all my knights, said Aylmer, drawing Ursula apart. Two more are expected to arrive later today. You know one of them already, I believe. Aylmer looked self-conscious.